0: From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Dylan Tucker, an SDR leader. Dylan, it's really nice to have you on.
1: Pleasure's all mine, Brad. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm really excited to get into today's discussion Maybe before we get into all the details and all this, if you could just tell me about yourself and who you are and what you do, all that, I'd love to learn a little bit more.
1: Originally from West Virginia, grew up farm boy, so I know the value and efforts of hard work. I made my way into SaaS software sales, essentially. It's been five or six years now, six years, I think. I Started out as an SDR in Boston and at my previous company, made my way all the way up to head of sales. I've managed SDRs and AEs all across the board. I'm a bowler. <laughs> I love bowling. Um, and I love West Virginia sports. That's me in a nutshell.
0: I love it. That's awesome. So you have a really interesting approach to sales. I think you mentioned community-led or you know, different approach. Let's dive into that. What does that look like, and how do you approach things?
1: Yeah, so I think taking even one more step back here, Brad, sales is multifaceted, right? You need more than one avenue for your revenue, right? Whether that comes from inbound leads, whether it comes from outbound efforts, whether that comes from a community you've built, whether that comes from what have you, you need to have multiple ways for the revenue to be driven. There is the traditional way of selling. We do cold calls, we do emails, we do LinkedIn, we do research, news, et cetera. There's also the leads that come inbound from marketing efforts, right? And then there's this community led way of selling, meaning you built this community, for example, Salesforce of their massive amounts of customers Well, how does Salesforce really know in all these customers or in all these prospects that are asking these questions, who might want to buy, who might not, who wants to buy? Who's their best customer? Who's their worst customer? So ultimately, digging into that community-led way, you're able to find areas of pure efficiency all across the revenue board from customer success and retention to new prospects looking to buy. You're able to essentially give the prospect a better handholding as they enter your funnel.
0: Absolutely. So as we think about sales this year, what are some changes that you think should be made when it comes to engaging with prospects and finding customers and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, I think something really interesting, right? Company plug. I I recently became an advisor co-founder of a company called openbox.ai. And essentially that's where I think a big change is going to be coming for us. And what I mean by that is, is what openbox does is it helps you to personalize better and more efficiently. A big thing five years ago, people were sending a bunch of mass automated emails and that was the new way of doing it. Throw a bunch of darts at a wall and see if it works. Leaders are tired of that crap. Honestly, there's a much easier way to unsubscribe now and it's very difficult to break through the noise. So the question is how as an SDR or an AE or a sales leader, how do you break through the noise, right? How do you beat out those competitors it's all about personalization, taking that time, taking that effort, at least finding the most efficient way possible to personalize your emails, personalize your phone calls, personalize your reach out in whatever way possible, whether it be you're sending mail, I don't know, whatever, whatever you choose to do in your specific realm of, of sales, personalize. And that's where people need to stand out in this year.
0: I love it. It sounds like AI will enable personalization at scale. What does that look like? like how does it work? Do I make a template and then I send the AI someone's profile and give give me an example.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think that's a great question. So how AI would work and specifically with the product I'm advising for is you essentially plug in a LinkedIn profile. It pulls things like engagements, it pulls the abouts, it pulls the recommendations, it pulls these details and you would highlight whatever you want to personalize on and your message is created. Not everyone's LinkedIn profile is going to be perfect, right? which is why there's going to be multiple avenues of sources. The way that AI can help us, we still want to be people in our messaging. And I think it's very hard for things like ChatGPT to sound like it's coming from a real person. You can still have a general person touch to it. I think the true efforts here, and one day AI will ultimately sound like a person. It may not be today, but I, th- I think the real goal is for it to get as close as possible to sounding like a person if you have to tweak one or two things to make it sound more like you, do it. But ultimately driving a lot more efficiency, saving you more time, but ultimately giving you the opportunity to scale at a much faster rate with that personalization at scale, as you said.
0: Absolutely. So how should a company approach prospecting today? You know, obviously this personalization at scale, maybe use AI. Is it still like emails or LinkedIn messages or, you know, what channels and all that?
1: I'm a fan of multifaceted. There's this guy that used to be my manager. His name's Sam Nelson. He was my manager when I worked at outreach.io and his philosophy was personalize once benefit 10 times. Wherever you put that personalization, for me in my system of approach, it's in the first email. But even though I did that first sense of personalization, when I were to go and call that person or, or when my reps were to go and call, that person, right? The prospect, whatever they're reaching out to, they still use the personalization. Typed up my personalization in the email. Then I go do a LinkedIn touch, but I still personalize LinkedIn touch. Then I give them a phone call. I say, Hey, this is what I learned about you. This is how I know who you are. And this is how I know we can help you. Right. Um, so I think it's not about just finding one place to do it. It's about doing it all across the board.
0: Love it. Let's talk about LinkedIn brand building optimizing your profile, making sure you're trusted authority. I I see you on LinkedIn a lot and engaging with people and commenting. And how, how do you go about doing that? What are some just top tips there when it comes to LinkedIn?
1: LinkedIn is so powerful. It's kind of amazing how powerful it is, right? I think some of the top tips is there's actually a lot of companies out there that are willing to help you with this kind of stuff as well. I specifically, I joined a company called Brand30 a while back. And it's created by one of my colleagues from Outreach, actually. His name's Andrew Muborn. What, what he does is he essentially gives you a structure of posting for 30 days straight. A big philosophy of mine is just post it. <laughs> not every post is going to get you 10,000 likes. I've posted some that got me seven, you know, and I sat there and thought about it for 30 minutes, an hour, when instead I could have did it in five and not worried about it. And then the next one could have got me 500. So I think the biggest tip in my brain is just post it. If you don't feel like posting, live in those comments, man. Those comments, people see, people notice you. People notice that you're reacting to them, that you're talking to them, that you're you know, wanting to see more, which ultimately drives them to interact with you as well. All in all, relationship building is the massive key. Don't be afraid to message people. Don't be afraid to interact with people and just post it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. So how do you set up SDR team these days, set them up for success? Like how do you structure it? What does that look like?
1: So I think that's a great question because there's a lot of ways you can do it. And it obviously depends on the company as well. But at a general high level, first thing you need is a handbook. So I built for every company that I work for a 10, 15 page handbook that explains to them what they need to complete in 30 days, what their week one and two looks like, what their week three and four looks like, gives a high level view into whatever company we're working for, value propositions people who they need to meet within the company, different tools that you're going to be using day-to-day, what your job and the sales journey looks like at the company that you're working at. Not only that, how does it compare to competitors? What you need open day-to-day, how to check Salesforce, right? How to dig into outreach and sales loft, how to use Zoom Info, how to use LinkedIn Sales Navigator, how to use your email, calendar, and Slack, all the above. And probably the most important piece of the puzzle is how to sequence people or put people into cadences, whatever, whatever term you want to use, how to book meetings when you get those wins. A truly important thing when it comes to training SDRs is instilling positivity. It's a very difficult job, right? Sitting there making 60, 100 cold calls a day can become very negative, You know, hung up on a lot. And it's super important to just instill positivity and ensure follow-up is consistently happening. Then alongside that, because I know you mentioned how do you really set them up for success? Don't give them unrealistic goals. People want SDRs to start and be booking 15 meetings month one or month two. It's not going to (laughs) work. You're essentially going to push your employees out. Instead, give them a solid ramp schedule, depending on what your prospects look like, enterprise versus growth count versus mid market. Ensure they're set up for success. Keep your employees top of mind and ensure that their happiness is number one. If their happiness is number one, your team will perform well.
0: I love it. Well, Dylan, this has been a great conversation. Any last closing remarks before we end the episode here?
1: First off, thank you, Brad, for having me on the podcast. Um, it's, It's a blessing and a pleasure. SDRs out there, stay positive. You got this.
0: I love it. Thanks so much for joining, Dylan, and sharing all your wisdom and insights. Much appreciated.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you.